I'm Edre, one of the pastors here at Victory Alabang, and you're listening to Preaching in Practice, a podcast where we talk about last week's preaching and how we can put it into practice today. Metro is our two-week series on why we plant churches in cities across the world. Aside from strategic reasons, you know, there are campuses there, population centers, there are biblical and scriptural truths and symbolisms that affirms it. I love cities. I was born in Makati. I grew up in Paranaque and Las Piñas. And I studied in Manila. I have always been surrounded by a city. And it inspired me even to study architecture because of it. I remember one time in Davao, me and my wife were celebrating my birthday in Samal Island. And one night, she started laughing because even though we were on a beach, I was so fascinated by the Davao skyline right across us. There are many reasons why people love and flock to cities. People are looking for security, hope for the future, and perhaps to discover relationships and communities. It is for a similar reason why cities were a constant picture that the Bible used. It shows people's hope for the future, security, and relationships, which ultimately can be found in God. So you see the symbolism. The Bible uses a lot of references to cities. In fact, even our greatest hope for the future, the Bible uses yet again the picture of a city. Revelations 21 verses 1 to 2, it says there, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Revelations are the vision of John the Apostle nearing the end of his life and the hope that is to come. And it says there that there is a holy city. Now, what does this city look like? In verses 10 to 14 of the same chapter, it says there, And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and the gates 12 angels. And on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed on the east three gates, on the north, three gates, on the south, three gates, and on the west, three gates. Verse 14, And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Amazing glorious picture. But for me, more than what it looks like, as glorious as it is, it is what will happen in the city that should fill us hope. Revelations 21 verses 3 to 4 It says there, And I heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. There is not much on this world that shows us hope in death. Or when things end. There are, but not much. In Jesus, and because of his resurrection after defeating death and its power on the cross, there is always hope in death. Now, death, maybe not physical death, but there are many quote-unquote death we experience in life. Death in relationships, perhaps. Maybe in the family, maybe in friendship, or relationships that when it ended caused so much pain, almost comparable to death, death of dreams because of, I don't know, maybe finances, maybe 
our our current situation in life. Or maybe there were plans in the future that seem to drift away and will no longer and ever be possible. Or maybe even death in identity because of words spoken to us, curses, accusations that seem to have taken a chunk from us. Yet, because of the resurrection of Jesus, there is so much hope in life even after. This is what the city is all about. This is what this city is all about. That even after all the pain, sickness, hurt, despair we may have encountered in life, a city, a glorious city is awaiting for us, filled with the presence of God. Let me read verse 4 again. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Now, this is not something that makes me want to end things immediately to go there, but instead this should give us the strength to stand today. The strength to face the challenges of life or whatever death it tries to throw our way. The death that Jesus defeated on the cross and the future glory awaiting for us. While we still live, there is so much power, there is so much strength and hope that even the time, the times that causes us despair, there is still something to celebrate. There is still something to look forward to. Now I know the word death, quote-unquote, is heavy as it is. So let me find a word maybe less controversial. How about hopelessness? I won't be attempting to answer how do we find hope in a hopeless situation. That is too broad given the time we have for this podcast. But at the same time, it is too wide of a concept. However, what we can talk about is how do we even get started in that journey of finding hope? How do I even begin my steps given that I am in a, in a hopeless situation to start looking for hope? So there are many ways to do that. First one, first of all, the most important thing it is the word that gives us hope. Always start with this word. Always start with, a, with what God has to say. Open up the Bible. Read through His promises. Remind yourself of the promises that God has for you. Number two, we process. Now, not just with anyone, but process with mentors. Your leaders, people you know who will build you up, people you trust to speak the truth, and ultimately point you back to the word, to the word of Jesus. People you know who have wisdom, not only will this give you a breather, but these conversations allow you to actually have a clear headspace. Number three, speaking of that, we look for examples of hope. We look for people who found hope. Talk to them. Read their stories. I know they may be different people who had different situations, but stories hold so much power. Let us not underestimate stories. Who knows that maybe the hope that they had in them will rub off on you. Number four, go outside. Not only will it give you a picture of the world, but it's a perfect time to breathe, to relax, walk around, run, hike, travel somewhere. You will notice that even your time with God will be different. Most of the time, allowing ourselves to be stuck in a cramped room can be emotionally and mentally suffocating, and it does not help in, our, uh, you know, in, in that process that we're starting, that process of finding hope. Number five, like what I said, run, hike, travel somewhere, Exercise. It makes you physically stronger and it helps you find focus. Physical activities are helpful in developing not just physical strength, but actually develops mental fortitude. It helps you with your emotional quotient. I remember a wise woman once said, exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. And I agree with that. And ultimately, number six, we start and we end with the word. We keep going back to the word. Ultimately, true hope can be found in Jesus. 
And I hope these few simple steps will help you start that process that you're looking for, that help you start that process of finding hope. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on our website, www.victoryalabang.church. While you're at it, you can share this with your friends too. Tune in next Tuesday for a brand new episode.